Hello, once again, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Gobo's Fight Show. I hope you're all having a great week. I know I'm having a great week, and, you know, I'm really just counting down these days to UFC 280. We still have a great card this weekend. Good fight night card in Alexa Grasso versus Viviane Arujao in the main event. Today it's going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to be sitting here talking the whole time. Instead, for you, I have an interview with UFC bantamweight Victor Henry. He fights this weekend against Rafaela Sunsau in what is Victor Henry's second UFC fight. Henry has not exactly had the uh, most traditional uh, road to the UFC. He is an absolute veteran of the game, but he really cut his teeth outside of the UFC. He's spent large chunks of his career overseas in Japan, in Russia, fighting all over the place. And I think his his passion just for fighting really comes through in the interview. This will be his second UFC fight this weekend. Got a big win in his first fight, which was a, a short-notice fight, which ended up getting pushed back a little bit more because of a, a positive COVID test. And, you know, we go over a lot of it in the interview. So I'm going to just let that play, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy getting to know Victor Henry a little bit more because I know I definitely had a great time talking to him. So, without any further rambling on my part, here is my interview with UFC Bantamweight, Victor Henry. I have this plethora of experience outside of the UFC in a very unique way. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, for those who don't know, you fought a big chunk of your career in Japan. You fought in Russia. I think your career is a great example of how deep the MMA iceberg can go. Yeah. Like you said after your last fight, you were talking about how MMA fans and media should really watch more than just the UFC and really watch yeah. all of MMA. Yeah, uh, well, you know, you know, I think it's I think it's fine if people consider themselves a fan of the UFC. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, just like in any other sport, there's Laker fans, there's there's, you know, 49er fans and they only care about what's going on in one show, you know, which is fine. But I think if somebody is going to be honest with themselves and say, I am an MMA fan, then they should watch all, all shows. You know, they should watch Bellator. They should watch UFC. They should watch one FC. They should watch Ryzen. They should watch old pride. You know, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're going to be considered, especially if you're going to consider yourself an MMA analyst or an MMA, you know, reporter and you do the disservice of uh, only reporting on what's going on in the UFC, you're not really, you're only doing what's popular, you know, and mm-hmm. that's not really knowledgeable. And that's not really, I, I think it's unfair because mm-hmm. what ends up happening is that the casual fan will watch a UFC fight. And in this case, a casual fan will watch my, you know, my fight with Barcelos. Mm-hmm. And if he was going to formulate an opinion about who's going to win this fight, based on who knows what and based on what everybody is saying based on that everybody is not really watching my fights outside of the UFC you know so if they were to formulate their that opinion they would of course they would just write me off 100% but if they were to mention oh Victor Henry's got a, a wealth of experience around the world Hani Barcelos poses a very unique uh, problem is that in that he does have cardio and he does have boxing you know if they were to you know, explain it that way, then it'd be a lot more like the fan would be like, man, I really don't know who to go for. But the fact that they say, oh, well, Barcelona's is just going to walk through this guy. is a huge disservice. And then on top of that, when they do say that and it doesn't happen, I mean, of course, it just plays in my favor. And I think that um, 
you know, that it's not the entire story. It's not the entire story of a fight. You know, um, professional wrestlers, when they when they wrestle, it's not just one person versus the other. It's the story that they build within the fight. And, um, yeah. you know, of course, there was a story built within that fight. And there was a story that, that you know, it was a story about overcoming, obviously, a, a very tough opponent. But not only that, but, you know, getting past the media, too, getting past all the all the online votes and the, and the betting and, and everything, you know? Yeah. I think at some point in that, uh, broadcast, John Anik said like 97% of people had bet on, uh, Barcelos, like 90%, 97% of betters had put their money on him, which is pretty crazy considering even, I mean, in, you know, that was a great fight, super competitive fight. And I think it says a lot about what the UFC thought about you going in. Like, I think the UFC really knew what they were doing by putting you against a guy like Barcelos, you're a guy who MMA fans, it's really kind of, if you know, you know, if you know how good Victor Henry is, then you know how good of a fight that was going to be. And Barcelos is kind of the same way where people who know, know how good he is. And so I think the UFC matching up against him, they clearly understood what was going on. Yeah. You know, originally it was supposed to be Trevin Jones that was supposed to fight Honey Barcelos. I was actually replacing, yeah, I was originally uh, replacing Trevin Jones. Um, You know, um, so Trevin was, I guess, uh, initially last year in December, when I got that, when the when I got the initial fight versus Barcelos, Trevin Jones had pulled out, so I was a late replacement. So it was two weeks that I had to prepare for this for that mm-hmm. fight in December, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go for it." I'm sitting down eating Korean barbecue, and sure enough, Josh yeah. gives me a call. Yeah, you know, I heard that story. Yeah, that was a great yeah, story. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go. Let's go. I was like, "All right, well, I'm just gonna finish this meal and do that." Yeah. Um, Ended up testing positive for COVID at one, mm-hmm. at the very last test out of the three, ended up popping for Ooh. COVID. And I was like trying to get that fight back, but it was no guarantee. And then people started saying, oh, it's, it got rescheduled. And I was like, according to who? Because it was, yeah, I didn't hear anything about this. Yeah. Um, so eventually two, two weeks again before the, because again, if I pop, if I popped positive for steroids, I mean, for steroids, for uh, COVID, <laughs> obviously, if I popped positive for steroids, I wouldn't even be in there. Um, mm. If I popped for COVID, then I had a I had a quarantine because the other people at my gym still have fights. So I quarantined for two weeks and then, of course, go back into training. And then what was it, like second or third day, third day back into training, my uh, my coach comes up to me and goes, hey, we got uh, we got Barcelos again. I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. Mm-hmm. so you know and it was in my backyard right in my backyard so that worked yeah. out for me yeah do you think that that matchup was really beneficial for you because it it inserted you right into the top 25 top 20 guys in the bantamweight division where barcelos absolutely. had been yeah absolutely you know barcelos is a uh, he's i mean he, in his last fight against when he fought when he did get to fight trevin jones he put on a he put on a great show and yeah. you know and his talents and his his everything that he was good at was uh was obviously on display you know and the fact that i was i managed to avoid all that and i managed to get a win of my own only speaks to uh only speaks to my skill you know so yeah yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to build on that you know i didn't want to go in there you know i i know that going in there like you can't be a you can't just be like oh i'm glad to be part of the show like you gotta be, you gotta go in there. You gotta aim for the top. So if Barcelos was the first one, now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, I gotta go against the Sao. and mm-hmm. you know he's highly ranked and he, he's ranked higher than me right now. So I gotta just start sprinting towards the front line. Yeah, and I know after that fight, 
right after the fight, you had said you were ready to go whenever the UFC gave you a call. Uh, was there a reason that it, it ended up being almost now like 10 months or was that just how the timing ended up working out? That's just how the timing of it worked out. You know, like I'm always in the gym. So, mm-hmm. you know, training, a little, you get little bumps and bruises here and there. And I wanted to make sure that I was ready to go when mm-hmm. the UFC wanted mm-hmm. to go. And unfortunately, you know, I got a couple little injuries and I had to make sure that I was rested and ready to jump into a, a, a long camp without being injured. You know, like I don't yeah. want to start yeah. camp being injured because that sucks. Yeah, that completely makes sense. Uh, so now you got Rafael Asuncio. Obviously, at one point, he was right up there in the top of the Bantamweight division. Uh, now, of course, he's on a little bit of a skid, four fights, but he's only losing to the top guys. Do you think, stylistically, this is going to be a good matchup for you? He's obviously from a jiu-jitsu background. You've got the catch wrestling background. Where do you think this fight's really going to play out? You know, I, I really don't know, you know, because, you know, you got a guy like me and Asuncio where we're both we're both experienced, so... The, the fight can be standing. The fight can be on the ground. And I think I think that, of course, I signed the contract, so I think if I, I could whoop his butt. He signed the contract, so he thinks he could whoop my butt. But essentially, we're so ex- both of us are so experienced that I don't know if he's going to try to rush the cage. I don't know if he's just going to try to punch my head off. I don't, know, I don't even know if he's going to try to kickbox me. Um, I do know, however, that he has switched camps, so he's probably reinvigorated in some way. Um, he is aware of his of of his situation as far as the four losses. Um, I I have to assume that this Rafael Sunsau is coming out not in his physical prime, but with desperation. You know, I have to be aware that he's probably going to go out there and maybe he's going to try to wrestle me and just get the win, just get the win so he can stay in there. You know, maybe that's what he's going to try to do. I mean, we see a lot of people just go in there and oh, I just wanted the win because uh, you know I'm kind of on the losing streak. I don't want to get cut. You know, but I also have to be prepared that hey, maybe he's just going to come out guns blazing and try to knock me the hell out because he wants to really solidify his spot. Who knows? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Now you're in a position, probably top 25 guys in the Bantamweight division, arguably the toughest, most deep division in the UFC facing a guy that was a, a former number one contender, number one contender fight. Say you get the job done on Saturday. What do you, where do you think? it goes from here. Do, are you going to call somebody out in the rankings? Are you going to just kind of let it play out? Uh, do you see any sort of timeline, any plan for after this fight? Well, the only thing I'm looking forward to after this fight, man, is, uh, is, is having a nice meal, you know, having <laughs> going, going to my spot over here in Fullerton called our nest and having some chilaquiles. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as my fights go, man, I mean, if I'm healthy and I'm still ready to go, you know, I can, I can see myself stepping in uh, on a short notice fight again. Mm-hmm. If the opponent makes sense, you know, people are getting, people are pulling out of fights all the time. These are the mm-hmm. nature of fights. And if I'm in a, if I'm in a situation where I can make the weight and I can, you know, compete well against whoever, whoever needs an opponent, then maybe I can get, I can slide myself in there and, you know, work my way towards the top, as opposed to waiting a few months and getting a, an opponent, opponent outside the top 25, mm-hmm. you know, why not try to get in there with somebody who's top 15? Yeah. I've heard you you talk about food a lot in your interviews. I know after your last fight, you talked about pizza. Uh, I think mm. you mentioned the chilaquiles as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Is bantamweight kind of a tough cut for you, or do you just love food? It, it you know it, any weight cut is tough, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm I am against the big heavy cutting 
Um, so that's why I always pretty much stay in the gym. You know, it's <laughs> my gym time has got to reflect the, the food I put in my body, man. Um, yeah. I try not to get above 155. You know, oh, okay. I think that's, uh, I think, um, I think the cut to 135 is brutal enough, especially the smaller you, the smaller person you are, the harder it is to get down there, you know, yeah. cutting to, you know, cutting, cutting the 205 when you're walking around at 230, you got more, you know, more body on you, but at the same time, it's still a big cut. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I really do love to eat, man. I mean, barbecues and, you know, ramen and freaking, uh, curries and uh, just all sorts of, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why, uh, one of the big reasons I started fighting, man, if I could use this to travel different places and have different foods, bro, I'm all for it. You know, um, I went to, first time I went to Japan, I had this place called Gogo curry. And ever since then I was like, I need to come to Japan every Every time I fight, you know, I like to fight in Japan all the time just so I can have Gogo Curry, you know. And fortunately for me, they brought me out there, what was it, 13 times? And I was able to have my Gogo Curry, and it was amazing every time. Um, so I don't, I don't really, I really don't get that big. So cutting to 135 is tough, but it's not impossible. It's not like I'm walking in uh, on stilts and I have to shave my head. And, you know, it's, it's not like that. But at the same time, you know, it, it's manageable. Yeah. And, it allows me to eat, you know, existence would be crap if you couldn't eat at least your good foods, you know, at least once or twice a week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also noticed in uh, your last fight, we got a really clear shot of your, uh, the tattoo on your left arm, your left shoulder. Oh, the uh, Boston crab. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it says, is it say, say uncle on it? Yeah, it says say uncle. <laughs> uh, the reason why I put say uncle on it is because my mom when I was a kid, she used to like get me on a headlock and like give me a, a loogie or she would get me in a submission or something. And she'd say, say uncle. And I was like, uncle, uncle. And then she'd go, I'm not your uncle. I'm your mom. And she would hold on to it. So I got that for her. Yeah. But you know, the, obviously the Boston crab was an homage to my uh, catch wrestling roots with Josh and uh, you know, that's Luthez in it. So I just, I noticed that tattoo and I was like, Oh, that is incredible. Yeah. It's a sweet, you know, it's funny. I've gotten, I've gotten mixed reviews on it. People, some people on it, some people on the internet, they hate the tattoo. They say it's an awful yeah. tattoo. And then some other people are like, oh, it's a great tattoo. I mean, it's not meant to be one of those super serious tattoos. It's, yeah. you know, it's an homage to it, you know, whatever. But, yeah. you know, um, I have a, I have a, another tattoo on the inside of my arm. It's, it's uh, Mortimer Mouse, you know, back before Mickey was, it was Mickey Mouse. And it says, he's reading a book and it says how to kill. Yeah, it was one of those uh, thir- uh, Friday the 13th. Tattoos that I a while ago, and you know, I just it was funny, but then everybody wants to comment on this thing. Oh, I hate it, and it's like, bro, like, okay, I get it. You like tramp stamps, and I don't have one. Whatever. Teach their own, I guess. I, man. And then one other thing I, I was curious about was was getting to the UFC a goal of yours throughout your career, or was it just kind of a if it happens, it happens? Because you had such a long career with a lot of big winning streaks. Was it ever something that really mm-hmm. beat on you? No, I mean, it was for me, it's always been about fighting. It's never been about an organization. I've known, I know a lot of fighters who, when they fought, they say, I want to get into the UFC. I want to get into the UFC. That's all they would say, you know. And I would see the fights that they would take, and it'd be, it would be like, well, yeah, you're obviously way better than this guy. Take this fight and get a good paycheck. But then they would, they would turn away fights where I was like, you can, this will be a good win for you, man. It'll, you know, to a, to a top of a ranking or something. Mm-hmm. And they would just would pass those fights over in order to get just a super clean record. They would pad the record basically. 
And then when they get to the UFC, they completely shit the bed because, oh, I'm in the UFC now. I have to, I have to train twice as hard. Well, you should have been doing that in the, in the beginning, you know? So, yeah. you know, these UFC, you know, when, when your only goal is the UFC, it's, it's not, it's not good. Your goal has to be, I want to be the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. So then when, when you are the best that you can be, you go into whatever organization, you whoop on some mass. Absolutely. Uh, last thing for me this Saturday, Rafael Asuncao. What's your what's your prediction for the fight? You're gonna call the fight. What's it gonna be? I'm thinking I'm stopping him in the second. Okay. I love it. I re- I that's all I got. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, no problem, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming having me out, man. Once again, Victor Henry fights this weekend at UFC Vegas 62. He fights Rafael Asuncao in what is what should be a very good fight, very big fight in the Bantamweight division, and very uh, interested and excited to see how Victor's career plays out from here on out. Thank you for listening. I hope you're all having a great day. I hope you have a great night. And I will see you next weekend for the UFC 280 show, GFS Episode 5, colon, the UFC 280 show. That's what we're calling it. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Peace.